no, 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 no. It wasn't that offensive. I was gonna say I didn't watch the I didn't watch the NFL draft because to me it just feels like everybody trying to qualify for the Olympics of CTE and nobody wins. <laughs> Welcome back to the Jojatorium. You know who it is. It's the King with the boys. Same usual cast of characters back in the studio for another action-packed episode. And I can't be any happier to announce that we've made it. We have 10 episodes. Kinda. We have 11, really. But 10 episodes that have come to you through (laughs) all the different platforms. And I hope that we can continue to record many, many more uh, hopefully everyone's having a good time listening to us. And I want to just thank Adam and Josh for spending the time with me to do these podcasts. And, uh, it's just been a blast. So happy 10 episodes guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, man you too, bit. Happy 10 episodes. And here's the 10 more <laughs> happy 10 and a half. The, the enthusiasm is, is just overflowing <laughs> here. I'm really happy. Uh, I can't, I came here with a, we're zero. on our way to 20. We're on our way at 20, baby. <laughs> so if you are listening to us, which you are right now, because clearly you hear me saying this, uh, you like all kinds of beer and you like that that variety of beer is easily acquired. So uh, just to let you know, Creekside Beer has you covered. This wonderful beer mecca located in Swickley, PA, has a virtual store right on their website at creeksidebeer.com where you can filter your search down to the exact style that you want. Oh, and you want to stick right to the Berg? Check out their hashtag drink Pittsburgh tab to see the almost never ending supply list of the best beers of the Berg. Follow Creekside Beer on all social media at Creekside Beer and find them on Untapped under the same name. All the beer lists change and update daily. So, guys, I'm happy because I finally get to sit here and not be a total loser, and it feels really good. In a race of three, I finished second. (laughs) Hey, that's silver medal, baby. Silver medal and also bets of doom. Bets of doom. I, 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 my triumphant return and might I say mystic Matt, I called the main event. I called, I I was going to get into that. I called a striking KO and I can't believe I got to do that. And it feels good. That's the reason why I didn't finish last. So Josh, it's time to recap your bets. Of doom. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get started, uh, like I said before, Josh lost. So everyone knows that Josh lost because Josh lost this one. And um, I got to pick the punishment because I'm number two. And uh, I'm going to let you know that you're not going to know what it is until I actually bring the punishment to you. 
All I want Although, you to know to be is, fair, we said the winner picks the punishment. The second place has to pay for it. Right. Done. However, done. But if you, re- done. If you we, remember, we colluded. <laughs> I, we I colluded. figured there was there was more collusion from the budget. Tons of collusion. And I'm going to let you know right now, it took a purchase on my part. And it's going to take some extra effort on my part. But I want to make sure that I bring you something from my heart to you. And I, and I feel like you're going to enjoy it partially. But the other part of you is going to just be like, why is this happening to me? And all I have to say to that is, be better. Be better, Josh. That's fine. You know, <laughs> up, in, up until now, we've, we've revealed what the punishment was when we recap. But yeah. I'm not going to be a little bitch about it. I'll take okay. my L. I won't complain the day of. It's fine. I will say it sounds like Matt's trying to break you much like Matt Wyman's leg. True. Oh, dear God. Not disgusting. only Matt Wyman, Jimmy Crouton. Yep. Poor Jimmy Crouton. So we're speaking about UFC 261, about uh, the, the triumphant KO delivered by Usman, the triumphant win of Mystic Matt, the triumphant, well, loss of Josh, however that works out. So, Josh, if you could please take us through UFC 261 and let people know how it turned out. I mean, at this point, are you, are you sure you want me to run it down? You've been oh, yeah. on like a five-minute tirade here. I like how you changed the pantameter and cadence of tirade to make it whatever you want to make it. But no, I, it's your yeah. it's your segment, so I want you to take it through, and I want you to you okay. know, really savor <laughs> the results. So, like you said, we're do, we're we did two sixty one for the bet to doom. And it was actually a really good card because all five fights ended in either a KO or a TKO. And I don't remember the last time a card has done that. It's been a while since we've had five solid fights. Now, the first fight that we'll start with is the Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute. I've been calling him Crouton because he crumbled. I just get Crute. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he definitely crumbled. I'll give him I'll give him credit. He really tried. Like he, he got up. He kept walking in. He's like, "No, no, let's let's fucking go." But at the end of the day, it's about the safety of the fighters. And his leg was obviously shattered. So Anthony yeah. Smith took the W yeah. there. And it, and in in our defense, we all picked uh, Mr. Crute, and uh, yeah, we did. he would have won that fight if it wasn't for a medical stoppage. I believe. Yeah. Still correct. He looked like a beast in that first round until that leg went out. But I now, really think that it goes back to something we talked about, though, with Anthony Smith having that veteran presence, and he really relied on that. He had a good fight strategy and did come to a medical stoppage, but I kind of believe that's Anthony Smith fighting a smart fight. Uh, it definitely could be. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yeah. deny that. Now, where I where I was garnering some hope that night was in the second fight. We had Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. And ironically, Chris Rodman took the L because he broke his leg in the same fashion that Anderson Silva did when they fought. It's karma, karma breaking. Oh, yeah, karma. for sure. Yeah. He threw the leg kick, it got checked, and immediately you knew. Snap. Oh. Yeah, that ankle yeah. went sideways, done. Yeah. The, like the most, a Kit Kat. The most gruesome part of that, too, not even just like the break itself, but when it flopped back and he tried to step on it to catch yeah. his balance, yeah. like he didn't quite know what happened yet. Oh, and then yeah. it, it bent again, like Psycho Sid going off a top rope. It was just, it was, ex- oh. Ugh. 
It Great was, callback. It was exactly like the Psycho Sid break. Yeah. So just, you and know, that, I know Weidman lost, but for Christ's sake, from decaying with the boys, I hope Chris Weidman's leg heals properly and he can do something in the fight game. That that was a brutal break. And, you know, yeah, that sucks. Ooh. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. I saw a uh, report from him to social media. It was going to be it's going to be a couple months until he's able to stand on it. So, ah, uh, Jesus, man. I mean, get get well as soon as possible. Uh Hope to see you back in the fight game, man. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 a fucking legend in the sport. So I mean, yeah. I will say there there is precedence here because Anderson Silva, even at an adv- uh, an older Anderson Silva than what Chris Weidman is now, was able to come back from it. He hasn't been the same, and you can tell. So I hope yeah. it doesn't affect Chris Weidman too much. But I, I have faith that he can come back. Yeah, I'd like to see him come back. Like like Adam said there, uh, and also Josh too. There's a lot of things that play in his favor. He does have some youth. Um, he he is in incredible shape, so hopefully that plays to his benefit. And I I just don't want to see someone like Chris Weidman who has at least two to three more huge fights in his in his time because he's in his prime really. I mean he he's fighting strong, uh, except for his leg wasn't so strong. Um, hopefully that. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, Chris Weidman. His leg. That's a bad. That's a bad joke. He could probably still beat my ass with one leg. So sorry, Chris Weidman. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll ride his little scooter up to you. I'll take it. Yeah, he'll just beat the yeah. shit out of me. <laughs> so then, on the third fight is when we moved into the title fights, and this was where we actually saw a fight go out of the first round. And it was the Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade fight that we saw Shevchenko, as we all knew, was going to basically dominate through this fight. Yeah. And she ended up getting the KO win in the second round. Yeah, I will say this fight went a little quicker than I thought it was going to, but, um, I mean, ended how I expected. I thought it might go into the third, possibly the fourth round. Um with Andrade being a, a great opponent, a strong opponent, but uh, Valentina Shevchenko just showing her dominance, like yeah. pure dominance in that weight class. Shevchenko did great. exactly what she's known to do, and that's come out and absolutely laid down a beating. And uh, I, I, she she's a powerhouse right now, and she holds that belt proudly. I, I like to see her continue on with the these are she's not fighting easy opponents i mean she's taking on the best of that weight class so i give her a lot of credit she's not taking paper opponents she's taking on legit contenders yeah i mean she's gonna start lapping opponents here in a little bit like there's gonna be recontenders that just are still gonna get dominated in my opinion uh she's a she's what nunez is in those top two weight classes like yeah and I mean, what I you don't immediately say let's make a you know a, a a title fight to split the weight classes again. You don't need Nunez holding three titles, but it is a money making fight eventually. I don't think you do that yet. I think you let both of them beat through their weight classes a little bit more and uh, see what happens. But eventually, that's where it's going to have to go. And it's it's actually funny you brought that up. All of that because that was exactly what I was about to say was she's about to start lapping. I think on her next opponent, she'll you'll start seeing those repeat fights. Yeah. And she is dominating, like Adam said, like Amanda Nunez is. I wouldn't necessarily look at like a title a title fight, like a Nunez versus Shevchenko for a title. I would actually think you would see it more like 
a catch weight fight. Yeah. Like a super That'd fight. Cool. You would split the weight in half. Yeah, do the super yeah. fight, split the weight, because I think they can just ball out. Yeah, and just throw it on a card with another title fight. I don't even Somewhere think you else. would need that. Uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see what you, know what you could do. You could put together that Conor McGregor sideshow he's trying to put together and have McGregor fight somebody ridiculous at the same time and just have just ridiculous super catch fights all the way through the card. I don't think you need a title fight on there. Yeah, just that could work. To, yeah, just see a bunch of ridiculous. I'm not. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying Nunez couldn't carry the card by herself. I just think you need to build Shavinchenko. Oh, Jesus Christ. Shavinchenko up. I can't say it right now. Valentina up as a contender. Like move. Valentina already got beat by her a couple times. So you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta beat you gotta build her up a little bit, make her look like a contender again for Nunez to to be worthy of it. And you can do that. It's easy for the UFC to do that. Just yeah. have her lap a couple fighters, throw two or three more fighters in her in her path, put Nunez under two more fights, and then let them meet in a year and see what happens with a full crowd at a at a big stadium. Oh wow, full crowd. that'd be a half yeah. hard. Yeah. Basically, yeah. You could run this like a better version of what Triller is trying to do with their boxing. Shevchenko. I got it. Now. There you go. There we go. Wow. Everything is better oh, than Jesus. Triller. Everything is better than yes. Triller. <laughs> I don't know. Triller has Triller has Urkel, buddy. Yeah, everything's better than Triller. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stefan Urkel. Well, we got I like next. you. I like you on Family Matters, but I don't give a shit about you in the fight game. So <laughs> yeah, whatever. So then moving Next. on with the co-main event, this is where this is where Matt caught some ground and it he was back and forth on this one. I was. Let's let's get you you can say Matt caught some ground. Adam cemented his win. You did. Yes. The the win was cemented for Adam here, and it became a fight between me and Matt because Matt went back and forth on this fight when he was picking. I actually had to write it down and scratch it out once or twice because he had me fooled with how he was going back and forth. Oh, let's not drop the ball that you spoiled my pick, completely spoiled and shat on my pick before I made it. (laughs) Let's not not overlook that. You couldn't wait to jump in. Only because I said I knew who you were picking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't say anything about the fight. I just said I know who – I think I know who you're going to pick for this. which – it's fourth wall breaking, by the way. <laughs> so we had Weilei Zhang versus Rose. Nami Younes. Put some respect on that name because Thug, Thug Rose, Rose took her out in the first round with a head kick. The, Jesus. The first round TKO. And I like. Learn her name the first. Women's champion to reclaim her title, something that Ronda Rousey couldn't do. Woo, baby! Actually, that's news. I didn't know that. Yes, that is news. She is the first woman. She deserves the Hall of Fame spot above Rousey. Thank you very much. Right below Nunez. Thank you very much. Thug Rose, my woman. And she won this fight and brought a tear to my eye, brother. Because to be the woman, you got to beat the woman. And she did it, Thug Rose. And I'm done. Thank promo. you, Thug Rose. What a sick promo. <laughs> that's that's what you get here in the Jojatorium. 
Good lord, man. I've I've never felt that strongly about a fighter in my life. She is a young woman that put her heart into this thing, coming out with with a with like just a a, a really hard uh you know, a really hard upbringing and just and just brought it and I mean, it, it's a story. If, if you you got to look up her story to to know how much passion there is with that. And her husband dropped out of the fight game to coach her. Um, yeah. It's just a it's a beautiful relationship. It's a beautiful story. Um, I, I there's nothing more I can say. I cut the promo. Um, good for Thug Rose. She was the underdog. She she was the underdog again and again, being the stronger ground fighter, not the uh, opponent out. Nobody counted on her knocking her out, just like they didn't count on her knocking out in her first fight, and it happened. So I didn't even count on her knocking her out in the first fight. I'm so proud. If you go back and and my my deciding factor, this I was like, I said her ground game is is superior. I thought if she went to the ground, there's no stopping her. She's a little little ball of hate, and she was just gonna tackle Zhang, and just it would be over. Um, so I underestimated her striking ability as well, but I'm still happy that I picked her to win because that set up the final fight between Josh and I. It did. It did. It sure did. And and like you said, for the main event, we had Usman versus Masvidal, and we all picked Usman on this one. I did, I did waver back and forth because in my heart, I wanted Masvidal, but... I couldn't. I couldn't go with the heart. I had to go with the, with the mind because I knew Usman was just going to be too much for Masvidal. I didn't think it was going to be a second round. I actually picked the fourth round KO. I know, and that's where you came in over the top with the second round. Mystic KO. Matt, it's Mystic Matt. I called it. I should have said the minute. I should have called it down to the hand that he delivered it with. It is a knockout <laughs> real fight, and I can't believe it happened because I don't win jack shit. I don't understand how to pick anything that revolves around sports or betting, but for Christ's sake, for the first time when I needed it the most, Mystic Matt picked, like, Clue, Professor Usman in the octagon, with his fist in the second round for the title defense to come in second place. Yeah. <laughs> Matt doesn't, doesn't win shit. Matter. Bro, you still matter. didn't it win. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you you place third out of a race of three. So you suck. Be better. Like you the whole time last time. <laughs> be better. Be better. I don't care that I'm not first because I ain't last, baby. You are. So and that's fine. I accept it. Oh, it's fine. So a little peek behind the shut up. A little peek. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain for me, humble brag. I tried to close out my FanDuel account by betting everything I had in the account on my picks I made, and then I won. <laughs> so I'm stuck with my FanDuel account for a little bit longer, and I have a little <laughs> bit more money. I should probably just cash out at this point. Um it was a lucky, you know, lucky thing on my guess. I really thought I was gonna go out on that Thug Rose uh pick and i'm glad i didn't um but hey it was a it was a great night of fights i'm really glad we did it that. really That's was amazing. uh hey, UFC 261 and congratulations to you yes. congratulations
congratulations to Mystic Matt for coming in second, not last. Thank you. Day. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's hard being this mediocre, but not terrible. And I and I promise that <laughs> hey, maybe we'll win the next one. No, probably not. I hope they'll play second. That's my <laughs> that's my goal. And whenever I take first, it'll be like I'll come out of nowhere, you know, and then I won't know what to do with myself. Then I, if I'm bragging this bad about second place, but I take first, you guys better just not come to the studio to record the podcast uh, for the first half an hour. You just <laughs> better hope you don't lose the next one. Oh, I'm going to tell you Because right of now, the braggadocious. When you take on this punishment, I know that I'm painting a target on my back. I know that. But I couldn't pass up the chance to do what I'm going to do. And it's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful for me, for me. Although to be fair, I will say, at this point, I think we got to try to knock Adam down. No, no, no. At this point, I want to say because I was I was so frightened by Matt's punishment, I just passed the crown to him. I was like, "You pick it and pay for it. Go ahead, brother." Because he was so passionate about punishing you. All I can say, brother, which is all I, which is still really funny because I didn't even pick the cold snap i'm just oh. getting the brunt end of it so that's oh, fine oh you oh he knows that sat over he there. knows i he knows you i picked relished it, and relished for it. In it you relished in it you you did it. relish in it more than i did i bought it but you relished in it oh i did relish oh do you taste only because of how 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 much complaining there was leading up to this i relished it and i'm not gonna okay lie. So that's yeah, why I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. I don't give a shit. I can't, I can't wait for you to have to I lost. in this punishment. It's okay. Yep. It's okay that's until fine. that punishment hits and all oh, baby, baby, baby. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Give me good. Speaking of, speaking of bragging, I know. Speaking of bragging and people who do too much, and I am now counting myself among the ranks of being a complete fuckstick. Uh, Jake Paul was at UFC 261. Now, the only reason why I even want to bring up Jake Paul is because he decided that he was going to uh, stir the fans up, do what he does best, which is not be good at anything besides being an asshole. He's Brad Marchand, not on the ice. (laughs) So that's what he does. So he went after some of the most... Uh, relevant fighters, past and present, right now that we're we're aware of, um, it finally looks like Jake Paul might take on someone who can actually fight. Uh, no, no ill towards uh, Ben Askren, but he had a hip replacement mm-hmm. and he had been out of the fight game for a couple of years, and he was a wrestler, not a boxer. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I got a little bit of a rundown here because the list is a little extensive. So I took some of the best ones here. Uh, first and foremost, Mr. DC, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cormier, DC, the heavyweight champ. After Paul made easy work of Askren, DC joked about it on Twitter, suggesting the fight wasn't on the up and up, which I can agree with. I think that stoppage was dog shit. However, well, I uh, don't, I don't think the stoppage was dog shit. I think the whole fight was just planned. Like I think the whole thing was set up. That man, yeah. he knocked Askren out, and 20 seconds later, they had Pyro ready to go while he jumped on the top rope. You, you Absolutely. Kept, like, 
come on, man. Like, I think, I think that that fight was, was horrible. It was horrible. It like, even if you're a fan of boxing, which I, I, I am to a certain degree, it was a terrible fight. There were no mechanics. There were, there was nothing to it that made me think that it was a legitimate boxing match. It was too, it, it was like uh, rough and rowdy down in West Virginia. It was just two guys throwing weird haymakers at each other. Um, Absolutely. I, I think though, too, that DC understands that Jake Paul is really good at stirring the pot. So he did make comments towards, you know, Jake Paul making his money. But I think uh, Dan, Daniel Cormier said, if you want to fight me, we have to do it in a cage, which I would go bankrupt spending money to watch that because it, it would just be. I want to see a dead body, and that's when you would see a dead body. Uh, DC is a is oh. an Olympic Olympic level wrestler. He'll choke the shit out of this stupid kid. And and that's the thing, the level at which DC is actually at, he's earned the right to say what he to call it how he wants to call it. Like he doesn't have to go down to the level of Jake Paul in a boxing ring. Name for his name. Yeah, Jake Paul's got the YouTube behind him. He's got the old Nickelodeon shit that he did. But DC is a world-class fighter, two-weight-class champion. If he doesn't think he needs to drop down to box Jake Paul, and if Jake Paul wants to fight him so much, DC says, come to MMA, DC deserves the right to call that out. So, speaking of call-outs, when DC was throwing it out there that he would take him into the cage. Uh, the man we just celebrated, uh, Mr. Usman, said, nah, DC, you got too much respect for that, homie. Let me take care of it. How much money would you guys pay to see that fight go down in anything? I- I'd like to see it K-1 kickboxing style. If that were to happen, I don't even want it in a cage. Yeah. I want it I want it in like a, like a dream stand-up kickboxing match because I think Usman would just rearrange yeah. Jake Paul's face. Yeah, complete with head stomps because I want to see that head smash against the mat. Yeah, take it, the prize, it would honestly baby. still depend because if it happens on Triller, I'm still not paying for it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see where Triller's like, we're going after all the illegal streamers? Like... It's they they estimate their losses at a hundred million (laughs) dollars. Come at me, Snoop. (laughs) You're streaming the next one. I'll give you my address. Yeah, Snoop, your wine sucks, and so does Triller. (laughs) Speaking of people that are uh, kind of uh, on the on the sucky side of things lately, Mister Cody Garbrandt said that he would. uh, He'd love to get into the ring with Jake Paul. Now, we haven't seen Mr. No Love in a while, but we do know that he does have some significantly heavy hands. Um, He is a guy who can stand up. He's a guy who can throw some heavy, heavy strikes. Um, It's great to see that guys like him who aren't like mainstays on title cards right now, he, you know, because Cody got stomped around a little bit. I mean, he's he's on his climb back up. But it's good to see guys like him say, you know, if you want it, I'll bring it to you. And I, the, the three men I've, I've named so far can take him, can take Jake Paul. Yeah. A thousand percent. I, and like, I, I might be, yeah. I might be wrong, but I think Cody Garbrandt was a, was an Olympic level boxer before he got into MMA. Like he's legit yes. on stand up. 
Yes. He's got great mechanics, and that's why I think he lost a couple of his fights because he was so confident in his stand-up that he just went forward like the Korean zombie. No hands up, foreheads tilted forward. Yeah, he got served. Um, but I think yeah, it, that chin got tested. Yeah, but I think if you told Cody like, "Hey, man, listen, it's a real boxing match. There's no, there's nothing else. We're just throwing hams." Um, that that old training will kick back in, and he'll be able to throw some serious bombs with with those twelve ounces on. I'd love to see it. Um, again, though, I would still love to see this go to an octagon. I'd everybody I'm going to talk about here in this list. I would love to see it go to an octagon. Um, but speaking of boxing royalty, uh, Mr. Tommy Fury, he's the 21 year old brother of heavyweight champ Tyson Fury. Um, he's a uh, <laughs> He's a five and he's five and as a professional boxer, and his name has suddenly been closely tied to a potential fight with Jake Paul. Um, I don't know if you guys watch any of Tommy Fury's stuff on YouTube. He's a scary fucking man. His hands are made of concrete, and he has no fear in his heart. I mean, I watching him train and watching his boxing highlights. This is the kind of man who's going to make noise in the upcoming years uh, in title fights for boxing. Now, if Jake Paul is dumb enough to step in the ring with Tommy Fury, the real Tommy Gunn, the not paper champ, I think that Jake Paul is going to be served a very, very hard lesson. Rocky Balboa will not come out of the, the curtain in the back to save your ass. You're going to get fucking murked. I, uh, I believe you're right on all accounts on that one, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got nothing to add. Yeah, Tommy's yeah. <laughs> going to wreck him. We'll straight wreck him. Uh, but speaking of wrecking, um, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell of Pittsburgh fame, he also decided to put up a, a video on Instagram showing off his boxing skills. Now, I'm not much of a boxer myself. I never claimed to be. But I've watched enough to know when something looks right and when something doesn't look right. And I can tell you, Mr. Bell, you should stick to carrying a ball because you're boxing can't even do that anymore <laughs> no he hasn't seen the field in how long he's Stick got to jet skiing brother yeah, <laughs> yeah man Stick to sitting out and fucking your career up and shitty rap music i mean that's yeah that's all i can see right now but i will give Le'Veon bell credit i mean i think he's he's in really good shape i mean he may not be the athlete that he that we knew him to be here in pittsburgh but i still think that you know, I think pro athletes are borderline superheroes until they show otherwise. So the incredible shape that Le'Veon Bell is in, because he is, um, maybe could make up for the lack of skill that he has. But um, we saw Nate Robinson think the same thing, and he got served up. So I think in all the fights that I've talked about so far, a fight between Le'Veon Bell and Jake Paul would actually be a little more even than the other fighters I mentioned. Uh sadly that's the only one for me that where there's no loser like whoever i hope they just double knock out each other into the grave because i don't care about either of them at that <laughs> point i think you're looking at like the last trailer fight we saw the boxer from england versus the musician yeah this would be like jake paul versus nate robinson like it it doesn't appeal to me maybe yeah. yeah. just stick to what you know yeah jet skis <laughs> jet skis uh, and and speaking of uh, speaking of athletes who want to come out of the shadows and really uh, try to get a payday for fighting Jake Paul, uh, Evander Kane, he's he's another guy who's decided to throw his name out there 
and I can tell you that Evander Kane scares the shit out of me. Uh, I wouldn't want to fight Evander Kane. I don't think that he's out of the list of people here. He's the most unpredictable, but he's one of the strongest ones. Um, I would be, I'd be pretty terrified to fight Evander Kane in any respect whatsoever. So I'd, I'd watch this I fight if Evander be. Kane fought him. I, why not? I wouldn't be. You could just pay him off. My man's so hard up for the cash at the moment. <laughs> See, if it's a Vander Kane, though, I want him in uh, full hockey garb. I want hockey sweaters with the fight strap <laughs> detached. I want a Vander yeah. Kane to be able to pull that sweater over Jake Paul's head and just give him uppercuts for lunch. Just crush him. Just blap, 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 blap. But, I mean, my hot take on the whole thing is I think Jake Paul just needs to be ignored. Like, just let this fade out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but I don't know. He thing. doesn't need the attention. Like, it, it, just let it go away. He is the the face of Triller right now. Which so is... he's kind of got to do what he's doing. Like, because Triller isn't out there pushing themselves. It, Jake Paul has to be the one to do it. But, I mean, he's also been on two cards now, and I don't see anybody out there saying, oh, I can't wait for the next Triller card. Like, it's just yeah. let it die. But, but I think there's yeah. too much of a pull because he does have the backing from all the all the YouTube followers that he has. I mean, it is pretty extensive. I mean, he's one of the most notable uh, social media contributors that that we that we know of right now in 2021. So I and you can see it too, like when all of his quote unquote followers and fans reacted to his knockout, they were talking about like they've been watching boxing their entire life. Uh, to hear some punk that's never seen Ben Askren actually wrestle uh, the way he came up in the fight game and the things he's accomplished. Talk about him. Like he's some fucking back alley bum. It's very telling to let you guys know that this will not fade away until Jake Paul has yeah. his face rearranged by somebody. One, it also didn't help that they came out in the end, whether it was fixed or not to be right. Like Askren looked like a back alley bum. He looked like he trained at yeah. Krispy Kreme for six months and then got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> like, what, what else are you going to say about it? Yeah, poor Ben Askren. I mean, it, but he made his payday. All the videos I've seen of him afterwards, he's like playing fetch with his dog and shit. Like, he doesn't care. He's like, yeah. I made 500K, man. I don't, I could care less. Yeah, he's hanging with his kids, playing Frisbee golf with his dog. Like, yeah, I mean, more power Great. to you, man. And his wife. Yeah. She, she's she's a nice she's a nice lady and to quote jake paul she thick i wish he'd smack the taste out of his fucking mouth for saying that shit but she she'll never get the chance but i wish she could because that fucking punk he's so disrespectful uh so breaking away from fake sports and jumping into real sports uh there's a draft going on josh has been following the draft very closely uh, we can celebrate here in Pittsburgh. We got a premier running back in, in Najee Harris. So, Josh, my understanding is, though, that you brought some sports trivia to us because Adam and I clearly have shown on multiple occasions we have zero idea about how sports work uh, in terms of the draft and records. And So you're going to try to see if we maybe know something? Yeah, and – so kind of to beckon off of last episode with your Florida trivia. The only thing is this is all this is multiple choice. It's all real questions. I didn't didn't throw any fake or true news in here. It's just standard trivia in lieu of the bet to doom this week because there's nothing really going on in sports except the draft. 
but that's not something you can really make a bet out of. It wouldn't be fun for us. It wouldn't be fun for the viewers or the listeners. So I went ahead and wrote down some questions. I did copy some from like NFL, CBS, stuff like that. But I got 10 questions here to to really test your guys' knowledge on the combine, the draft, and the NFL as a whole. So real quick, Adam, you're over under on how many questions that we get right. Five. So five. How many, how many questions are, you, are there? How many questions are there total? There are ten. So I'm I saying, have ten questions. So I'm saying five under. is you're taking under. Okay. Under will, for me. Yeah, under yeah. for me. I I, I will agree that, that it's probably gonna be under. I, I I'm gonna break even. I'm gonna try to break even here. Okay. Well we'll count break even as a win for you. <sighs> it's so it's be tough. For, the, for the first one. In the modern day of the combine, Joe what Namath. player holds the record for the fastest 40-yard dash? Is it Chris Archer, Dry Archer, Dree Archer, Henry Ruggs, or John Ross? Matt, go ahead. The last um, one, John, John Ross. Okay. I mean, it's kind of a – I'll go first next time, but I'll agree. So – you both are correct. John Ross in 2017 beat Chris Archer's record by two hundredths of a second. Boom. Still a victory. Didn't Chris come in Johnson second. ran it 4.2 4. fast as milk. John Ross ran in 4.22. <laughs> one for one, baby. It's all downhill and from that's here. Were, that's <laughs> the only one I was able to. I, I took a stab in the dark and researched it. I don't know anything after that. Yeah, that. We, we all should have known that one was coming. Yeah. But So, for question two, what draft year holds the record for most QBs taken in the first round? Hmm. 1983, 2018, 1999, or 2012? I'll go, I'll go first, Matt, since you went first last time. I'll go with uh, 2018. I'm going to say 1999. So you guys both chose the second place. Both of those drafts had five. Ah. In 2018, you had Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. In 1999, you had Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Akili Smith, Dante Culpepper, and some dude named Cade McNown. <laughs> don't know who he is. I don't know either. The one that actually holds it, is 1983 there were six QBs taken? Oh, Indianapolis come on. took John Elway, Kansas City took Todd Blackledge, Buffalo took Jim Kelly, New England took Tony Eason, the Jets took Ken O'Brien, and Miami took Dan Marino. Oh, Ooh, Danny, that's a, that's no rings, class. yeah, Danny no rings boy, for Danny yeah. boy, yeah. Danny never rings Dolphins. I will say the greatest QB to never even play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Yeah, hands down. I actually, for modern day purposes, I, I say that Alex Smith is the Dan Marino of like our oh. current time because I think Alex Smith ended up in a Super Bowl, but he's ringless. I think and he's he'll the be Joe on a microphone. Come this. <laughs> I think he he's could a Joe be. You could also career. say Phil Rivers, 
<laughs> Phil Rivers could also be the Dan Marino. Jeff a really good comparison given the. <laughs> yep. The chicken wing snap, baby. <laughs> given that Wyman tune. Old hop along. <laughs> yeah. So, question three. He's going to be carrying Aikman's luggage. <laughs> Give me coffee, bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, question three. What team won three Super Bowls throughout the 90s? Was it the 49ers, the Broncos, the Patriots, or the Cowboys? Do you want to just go in three, two, one? I think we probably have the same answer. Three, two, one. Cowboys. Yeah, uh, Cowboys. Cowboys for me. Yeah. You both I would say Cowboys. Right. Woo! The Cowboys. The, the 49ers – were the dynasty of the 80s, and then the yeah. Cowboys came in in the 90s yeah. and started wrecking shit. Yeah, yeah a little bit peak behind, the, peak behind yeah. the curtain. I was a Cowboys fan when I was a kid in the 90s. That's okay. So. That's okay. I, Every- I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. I'm very sorry, Pittsburgh. I just really like Troy. Uh, Jesus, I almost said Troy Smith. Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith. Although Troy I Smith did, was a quarterback. Yeah. He was. But I, I do. I'll tell you this, man. I was a fan Not of like, good, individual players. Wasn't. There was individual players I was Me a fan too. of, and I would say Emmett Smith yeah. was one of my like individual players I really liked a lot. So I don't I don't hold it against you at all that you liked them. I also like Michael Irving a lot because he did a lot of coke. Yeah, yeah, I like his energy. <laughs> yeah, he's just a personality. <laughs> Good old vacuum nose Irving over the middle. <laughs> I mean, but that's how I am in today with fan- with fantasy football being so prevalent. I'm a fan of players over teams really yeah not the coke coke side that's that's not today's say, day and age other josh where are you leading this with do you just do blow <laughs> and do fancy football <laughs> i mean i'm not giving away all my secrets but oh that's why you're so goddamn so focused. number four <laughs> what nfl team features a logo on only one side of their helmet oh is it the steelers the dolphins the patriots or the cowboys the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because it. Oh, you made this like kindergarten. Class. I had to throw a couple easy ones in here. <laughs> I, I had. I knew I had it. to do it. I appreciate it. So I thought coming too, in. I honestly. I thought coming into it, it was going to be all combine questions. So I thought I was. Fucked. Yeah. But I yeah, know some too. general NFL knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to make sure that it was at least somewhat entertaining. So I threw some general in there. We're, I am starting to hit into like the combine and like the oh. rookies now. Bye-bye. We're so <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> and it, it is starting to get a little bit more difficult. Oh, God. So, number five, who holds the best rookie passer rating in NFL <clears throat> history? Okay. Tom Brady, Dan Marino, RG3, or Dak Prescott? Go ahead, Matt. You can go first. I'm... Dak Prescott. Can I get a reread on the last three? I got Tom Brady. Dan Marino, RG3, Dak Prescott. I'll go with Dan Marino. Matt. Yeah, I got it. Matt got it right. Oh, yeah, there yeah, to go, brother. <sighs> In- I, I'm doing that move that he does on the sideline when he juts his hips and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, In- uh. <laughs> In Dak's rookie season, his passer rating was 
breaking the previous record of RG3 of 102.4 in 2012. Oh, see, RG3 was wow. my second guess after Marino. I was, dude, I was actually I was between never RG... Prescott, though. I was going to say... I was going to say flat out, I was between Marino and RG3. And when you picked Dan Marino, it wasn't right. I was like, I got to go. I, I, you know, I'm thinking when you were wrong, I was like, I got to be right. Because <laughs> also, fuck RG3 because he played for the Baltimore Ravens for a little bit. So fuck him too. And the Redskins, fuck Washington. Now, I will say, as we get into players, these, these ones are more like well known. There may yeah. be one or two that you don't know. If you if you want to know at least the position, ask. Okay. I'll tell you the position <laughs> be, because it might be important for one of these questions. Okay. So for question six, what player had the highest vertical jump at the combine? Khalil Mack, RG3, Julio Jones, or Denzel Ward? Adam? I'll go with Julio Jones. Yeah, that's my guess as well. Julio, he's the most athletic out of all of them. And that's where I would have went. Yeah, Julio going, Jones being a wide receiver. Yeah, and Mack. tall as fuck. It doesn't sound Is it like Khalil me. Mack. It doesn't. Khalil sound like Mack. I knew with it. a forty-inch vertical return of the Mac. RG three and Denzel Ward had a thirty-nine-inch vertical. Wow. And Julio Jones was actually in last place. With a 38 oh, and a half. He's fixed that. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Well, that now I'm showing my true colors. I don't know shit. Question seven. Which 2019 Pro Bowler had the slowest 40-yard time at their combine? Jared Cook, Russell Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, Vaughn Miller. Oh, my boy's not there. What was, was this the 2009? first guy again? 2019. Oh, oh 2019. That's Jared one. Cook. Tight end. Jared yeah. Cook, tight end. Uh, Most recently, I think, played for the Saints. I'm kidding. Good, Matt. You can pick first. I, I think I'm going to go Jared Cook. I'm going to go with Jared Cook. I would say out of, out of all those. Who I, I don't expect. Julio Jones. We go with Hopkins. I'm going with Hopkins. No, Julio Hop- Jones was my choice. I'm going with the Andre Hopkins for the oh, slowest yeah. forty yard time. Yeah, I sure am. Adam got it right. Hey, I was just, I was just I saw a swerve. Yeah, that's a good guess. So man. Jared Cook guess. had a four point four nine. That's quick Russell for Wilson a had a had a four point five three. Got them long legs though. Hopkins yeah. had a four point five seven. And Von Miller ran a 4.42. Von Miller got that cake. He got that cake, son. <laughs> he got he that the, cake. He got that bubble. <laughs> okay. Here's where I fall. For number eight, of the four QBs listed, who had the fastest 40-yard dash time? Was it Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Andrew Luck, or Tim Tebow? Ooh, that's a curveball. You think? Yeah, that's a curveball. You prayed to Jesus, dude. He's. You want to pick first? You want me to pick? He's a legit athlete. He's a he's a legitimate. He might be coming back to the NFL. Yeah, as an announcer. He Urban Meyer's (laughs) trying to convince him to come back as a tight end. As a tight end. No, thank you. Is that your pick, Matt? Is Uh, that your pick? 
No. Say it again to me, Josh. Fastest forty-yard dash. Say it. Say it again. Pat Mahomes. Pat no. Mahomes. No. Josh Allen. Hmm. Andrew Luck. Tim Tebow. Josh Allen. Don't you dare pick. I was going to say, don't you dare pick that Geico caveman, Andrew Luck. I'll go with Pat Mahomes. It was Andrew Luck. Oh, that fucking. Oh, my God. Of course, because he looks like Forrest Gump. He's fast as fuck. Well, Pat I was going to say. Mahomes ran the slowest. Can't... Yeah, I was going to say, because he has that, like, that weird saunter when he comes out to like, yeah. <laughs> like a speed watch. Yeah, that is true. He ran a 4.8. Josh Allen ran a 4.75. Luck a 4.59 and Tim Tebow a 4.71. I could and be not, I could be driving in a car going 80 miles an hour. I'm not beating it. Yeah. Like, I I'm, mean, they're I'm, still all I'm good times. Like my 40 yard dash would probably be like 20 seconds. But I was ready to say, you can just, like, fry an egg by the time I get there so I can eat it. <laughs> Enjoy your retirement. Hope you don't have to drink everything through a straw. <laughs> of the four QBs listed. Who had the slowest 40-yard dash time? Tom Brady. Oh, my boy. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, they're all big Chunks. Matt Stafford. Or Jared Goff. We're going slowest. <laughs> I'll go first. Matt Stafford. He got them big club feet. Jared Goff. <laughs> Matt Stafford. Oh, See, shit. I threw this one in thinking it was going to be the easy one. Was it bad? No. no. Uh, That's what I wanted you guys to think, actually. No, nah, I wanted to think that, but I thought it was He's got long legs. Stafford. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Ran a 5.3 40-yard dash. It's before he had Giselle. It's before he had yeah. Ben Roethlisberger ran the fastest at 4.75. <laughs> he ain't doing that now. Matt no. Stafford at a 4.81 and Jared Goff at a 4.82. You got too many cheesesteaks in that boom boom. Oh, and to God. round it out, we all know that the last pick in the NFL draft has a certain nickname that they're given. What is that nickname? Oh, I'll know when I hear it, I think. Is it Mr. Impertinent, Mr. Pointless, Mr. Unnecessary, or Mr. Irrelevant? That's it's crazy. What's Russell Wilson call himself, Matt? What's that? Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Sussel. Sussel Wilson. Uh, yeah, Sussel Wilson. I do I do know this one, Matt, and we can just say it together. It's Mr. Irrelevant. I don't know it. So you say it first so I can copy you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's Mr. Irrelevant. It's Mr. Irrelevant. That's what I was going to say. 100%. I'll put all Mr. my Mr. Irrelevant. On. Yeah. Correct. I had to look up synonyms for what irrelevant was last yeah, night because yeah. I wanted to make, I didn't want to just put like Mr. Fuck yourself. If you said Mr. Unlimited, I probably would have said it just for <laughs> Russell, Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson went last? Oh my God. <laughs> that would have been great. So let's oh, see. There God. was one for both of you. Neither of you got QB. Adam got one with DeAndre Hopkins, so he had two. Oh. None of you got Khalil Mack. Uh, Matt got his second point with Dak Prescott. Yeah, I missed that one. You both had the Steelers with the only logo, so yeah, there's yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know TikTok. You both had the Cowboys I know with the Super Bowl, so there's four. 
you both missed the draft year. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. And I don't recall what Matt said on the very first one. He got it. We Did both it? got it. We okay. both got it. You both hit yeah. five. Hey! You would have lost the over-under had you bet that. I think we both I, got it. Listeners, let us know if we're wrong. I know Matt yeah. got it. Uh, well, listen, I'm just happy I got No, we both got it because that's the one I researched. Yeah, we both got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I knew I had to throw some cupcakes in there, too. Hey, listen, we need all the help we can get. Stats and combine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you went full stats, I think we would have just told you we're not doing this segment. If you're like, okay, so like who had the highest <laughs> yards after catch in 1985? Like, we're not fucking doing this. <laughs> well, I mean, especially like if it was based on the, uh, I mean, based on the draft. I mean, I have a, I didn't watch any of it this year. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, going over these when I was doing it, I would have I would have hit this around the same number as you guys. I wouldn't have been too confident in myself yeah. either. I should have picked Khalil Mack. The, I should the have known better. ones that I threw out there are what I probably would have known. Yeah, and then there's the ones that like even like I know, I'm a casual fan. I'd say for most things, like, I think I watch more hockey than anything. But I'm a pretty casual fan when it comes to other stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just glad I can get five and not look like a complete you know idiot when it comes to sports trivia. So. If anybody wants me on their team to, you know, come to bar trivia so I can sit there and drink beer and look clueless, hit me up, decaynwtb at gmail.com. I'll come over and uh, <laughs> I'll sit there and, and look weird. So we crushed a bunch of stuff. Looks like we all need a little refill on our beer. And it sounds like uh, we can take a little break real quick for an ad. And we'll come right back with a, a little bit more of an argument that I'm going to win. Welcome back. I know you missed my voice, but you just heard it in ads. But you can hear it some more right now when we go over the Mount Rushmore of cereal. I've been dying to have this argument for a long time because you two motherfuckers keep taking dumps on Cookie Crisp. So I want to see. What I don't know why he's been waiting to have it because we always have it. It is ridiculous that I have to constantly defend breakfast cereal to you. You attack me at every chance you get. So now we're going to put it into a format where we can finally close out this argument. I'm excited. I I really am. I think it's long overdue to get this out on the table and get it all established. Yeah. Finalized. So we're going to do it like we've done the other things. We've done Mount Rushmore's of other great things that we love. Uh, So today we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of cereal. And we did some rock, paper, scissoring. (laughs) <laughs> during the break and uh josh gets to go first which matt also finished second in yeah which is fine josh finally won something so josh gets to go first <laughs> and i'll go second and then adam goes third and then we'll snake it we'll go backwards again uh and then we'll just keep going until we have the final count and then we'll put it all together and see what we come up with so uh without further ado the mount rushmore cereal and josh finally gets to do something first so josh please go ahead and Start us off. He says this, yet I won back-to-back, and I've what? gone first, I think, on every Rushmore we've done. However, this there's, there's no argument that needs to be said for this. I would even go as far as to say, Carp couldn't even fuck it up. And it's still better than Cookie Crisp. My See, number attacks. one choice. Always attacks. True to my heart. The one, the only, 
Cinnamon, Cinnamon Toast, Toast Crunch. Crunch. Send it to the That's finals. Going. Send it to the finals, folks. Endorsed by none other than Thug Rose. <laughs> Send it to the finals. Thug Cinnamon. Thug Cinnamon. Thug Even Cinnamon. with Shrimp Tails. I'd eat it with Shrimp Tails. I it's don't care. still better <laughs> than that waxy-ass cookie, Chris. Throw lobster in it. Put some butter in there while you're at it. I don't give a fuck. I don't mean to cheer for another team, but that man picked a great first-round pick. Matt, any words? <laughs> uh, just that you two should stop trying to give each other hand jobs real quick with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch thing. It, it's actually become quite... But it's audacious. cinnamony and delicious. They are cinnamon toasted hand jobs. Thank you very much. With a oh, nice little God. crunch finish. Yeah, because that's what, how the fucking name of the cereal goes. Jesus Christ. Great job. Great job explaining the cereal with the title of the cereal. It's cinnamony, it's toasty, and it's crunchy. No shit. Okay, so oh, as opposed pick. to what he's gonna pick, go what's ahead, your pick? Go ahead and add. What's del- your pick? Go ahead and add delicious. Hold on, no. What's your pick? What is it? Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, finally? Matt. After yeah, you Matt's your second. Grant, like you're trying to jerk off General Mills. I thought you weren't done yet. So okay, finally, I'm gonna go with a childhood favorite that I've had that I still eat now every once in a while. I'm gonna go with Lucky Charms. I think Lucky Charms is a fantastic cereal. <laughs> Got great marshmallows in it. Uh, it's it's constantly a staple in my house. My kids like it. I like it. My wife likes it. I like Lucky Charms. Plus, Leprechaun is funny as shit. So yeah, Lucky Charms for me. Off the rip. That's my a number one go to if I'm having a sugary breakfast cereal. I'm calling collusion great. right now. However, I will not argue that Lucky Charms is not. A collusion. That's a great choice. That's a great choice. I don't understand that's a collusion. Great people that's a great like first Lucky pick. Charms. That's a great first pick. That's a, that's a it, really good first pick. It's a solid pick. Just not yeah. the one that you know that he wants to go with. No, Who's I mean, I'm, about? I think that's what he, I think he's voting with his heart. I think he's, I yeah. mean, that's a solid cereal from yesteryear all the way till today. That, I still enjoy fair. it. Um, yeah, totally great pick, man. Great Thank mascot. You. Great memories. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I can't argue Lucky Charms deserves to be in here somewhere. Yeah. So, so on to me. On to you, sir. Oh, and I get back two. Backs. And I get two. So, I'm going with a little bit. Um, we were all born in the 1980s, so it's a little bit of a newer cereal. Uh, but I'm very passionate about it. I'm going to go with Reese Puffs. Oh, nice. my number one choice. Yeah. That, that was going to be my floater one. Yeah, yeah. The end. Yeah, so Reese Puffs is going in my number one spot. Um, and then I get to pick again, right? So yes. right tag teaming with it. A little bit of a controversial choice. Something I enjoy a little bit more in my adult years. I'm going to go with the Frosted Mini Wheats from Kellogg's. Oh, the dude. original or like the flavored frosting? No, not the flavored things. The original okay. white So like frosting. the white sugar. Yeah, okay. the maple can actually go jump off a boat. The maple, really? oh, I hate the maple. Can I Can I throw out there, though, that I do enjoy the blueberry one? I do enjoy oh, that. I like the strawberry. Yeah. I like the one where the, the jelly is in the middle of it, but Ooh, not yeah. when the flavor's on the outside. That's, That's really fair. good. Yeah, That's yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going with the OG orange box mini, though, not the big shredded wheats. You're going to choke on those. That's not good. I like it to fit on the spoon. I like it to get a little soggy. Them them orange hitters, the frosted mini See, wheats. I will even say when you size them down into, like, the you get the pat, the small box of, like, the eight pack of the small boxes, they're even smaller. That's true. Wheats. That's true. And you can get like four or five of those on one spoon. 
that's that's close. And yeah. I mean, I think the bonus behind frosted mini wheats is it it does fill you up. It holds you over till yeah. lunchtime, like no problem. Them Reese, them Reese puffs. I'm going back for a second bowl because they're delicious, and I can fit a second bowl in my tum tum. So like, yeah. I mean, where where flavor is better on the Reese puffs for me, the uh, satisfaction for frosted mini wheats comes through, and that's <laughs> the why the satisfaction level fair, is fair. much higher. Which, and I, I always say this too, and also yeah. as a guy who likes to try to not eat a bunch of sugary cereal, those frosted mini wheats, you don't have to eat a big bowl of them either. Uh, Right, there's, en- right. there's enough to them where you can have a half a bowl and you're good to go. Like you said, take it to lunch. Uh, yeah, great. Two solid picks. Yeah, and it, you just I like what you're doing. I mean, they're f- they're frosted, so like they're sugary, but they're the shredded wheat, so you feel a little healthy. You know, you're gonna get a good afternoon BM out of it, and like <laughs> you know, just kick that day off right. It's like eating a salad, but having like three containers of ranch dressing. Like I'm eating a salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, that's a great analogy for it. Yes. So uh, I'm going to let you know right now that I'm going to keep going with cereals that uh, I've loved uh, during my childhood. I feel like, you know, I'm starting off hot with Lucky Charms and that's really a cereal that I went to when I was a kid, still eat it now. And there's actually another cereal that I really still enjoy. And that would be the classic cornflakes. I use cornflakes oh. rec- breakfast cereal, and I also use it to bread chicken. I do a lot with cornflakes. So, so rooster, so. not tiger. Rooster, yeah. Rooster. yeah. He's okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't do Tony. Tony the tiger. I don't. It's too sweet. Tony the tiger's cornflakes. They hurt my teeth, so I don't like them See, that much. I have to say, I mean, cornflakes I like, and I lo- I do love it breaded on chicken. But yeah. I would say. T- Tony was on my long list for like maybe top eight. Uh, But cornflakes wasn't there. No, I would. I definitely had frosted over corn. I mean, but a strong choice, a classic choice. I believe Mr. Kellogg developed that to uh, prevent uh, self-love back in the day. So, yes, I mean, a a strong (laughs) choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm showing my adult side with my second pick, I think. It's a very adult choice. I, I mean, as adult as I'm going to get is Frosted Mini Wheats. So you upped me by one on your cho- your pick there. So it's coming back to me on a on a back to back, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. You got okay. uh, you got two and your well, your second and third. Yeah. So yeah, on my on my second spot, I'm also going to adult it up a little bit because as I've gotten older, I've I've started moving out of your more traditional kids cereals. I, I do like them from time to time. I'll eat a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch whenever it's available. But if I'm going to the store and I'm buying cereal to like keep at the house, I'm normally going with the Honey Bunches of Oats. Yeah. Ooh, that's a Solid strong choice. Adult. And it's, it's strong adult normally choice. going to be the original just with a little bit of honey sprinkled on it. You got the granola crusters with the cornflakes. Don't get me wrong. I do like some of the flavors. But they none of them stack up to just your original orange boxed honey bunches of oats. Hey, Amen. I, I have pick. nothing. Yeah, I have nothing to say against that. A yeah. little safe, a little boring, but a solid choice. Like, yeah, like, you know it's, it. It like does go solid. lean a little adult, but it's a solid yeah. like go to. It's like a third line grinder. With, you know, you need one on your team if you really want to excel to the champion you need you need a third line grinder and, that, and that's honey that's honey absolutely with my third choice 
we all like to slum a little bit. I mean, it it's happened. We've all we've all been that last person in the bar from time to time, picking up what we can. Let's come up. It's it's more of it's more of a defensive pick here. Because normally I'm arguing against this every day of the week. But I will I will put cookie crisp in my third slot just to get the satisfaction of Matt not having it. It wasn't in my Mount Rushmore. I will say it used to be good. It it was it used to be fantastic. The '90s cookie crisp, delicious. Nowadays, they added some wax to it, probably to keep it fucking fresh through the apocalypse. Like yeah, a fucking most Twinkie. other cereals do that too. Like a Twinkie. <laughs> Twinkies got bad. They Twinkies got, got really real bad. bad. <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> so I will sacrifice one of my other picks, and I will go cookie. Well, I'm glad to see that you finally decided to put a good cereal on your list. That's good to see. Um, Matt, I hope that didn't wreck your picks. No, not at all. You would have been surprised if you wouldn't have tried to blow this whole segment up by picking Cookie Crisp for your lineup that it wasn't even in my Mount Rushmore because that was my swerve. But I do thank you a lot for, for bringing it you know, into the highlight here. because It does deserve a spot somewhere, and I'm glad that you picked it, Josh. Uh, especially because I do know you love to slum the shit out of things. So to have Cookie Crisp in your lineup, um, just really just uh, thank you. Thank you for, for helping it and oh, and taking that from me. Uh, so thank I you. I mean, we all met that. my first wife. We just double turned on That's you. Fine. And then uh, you triple turned back. <laughs> <laughs> I so, didn't see that coming either. Yeah, you can't double turn on me. You can't double turn, triple turn. <laughs> How the turntables. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, to my third pick, because I like to stick with nostalgia, it's where I like to live because those were simpler times. Nothing was better than waking up on a Saturday morning knowing I was going to watch a lineup of sick cartoons and getting a nice big bowl of pops. Mm. Pops, the corn, corn yeah, pops. corn pops, corn pops. That's a strong choice. I thought you were going to steal. Corn pops were sweet. Steal mine. Corn pops were sweet. They were good in milk. They were good dry. No, I loved them. They were a great little uh, snack. So I enjoyed them. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Oh, that's fine. However, yeah, and you pick for me, crisp. how dare you? Those fucking things just got too stale way too quick for me. That's why if you didn't quickly. if you didn't even like a week, you they were inedible. So is there, is there a reason why you just hate everything that I like? Is there just like like everything that I like? You're like I don't fucking like that. I agree Ugh. with you on Lucky Charms. Yeah. I will I will say that's a. I mean that was a childhood favorite of mine. I will say, and I want to reach out to the listeners and you two as well. Corn pops came in a different bag than anything they else. They came in like mylar that bag. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more yeah. like a mylar bag than yeah, a yeah, plastic yeah. bag. And that because they had to try to keep them fresh. So, I mean, I, when they were fresh, they were banging. They had like what? that glaze. They were so sugary. Yeah. Not stay I fresh them. long enough. That's that's why my mom was smart when I was a kid, and she used to get the resealable things. 
for every cereal we got. Those but, Tupperware suckers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My mom had those too. So my mom had that, and we would toss the pops in there, and uh, they stayed fresh long enough for my my type borderline type two diabetic pre adolescent ass to eat them as quickly as I possibly could. Um, I never had a stale pop because pops didn't last too long in my house. So, uh, and there's reasons for that because they were delicious. So, for my third round pick, I'm going with pops. So, I got my third round pick in the chamber, but then I got to pick my fourth round. And my fourth round is going to be tough, everybody. So, bear with me. But for my, but for my third round, I'm going with a throwback, throwback that you cannot get anymore. But I ate boxes and boxes of it as a kid. And I have a picture of it pulled up on my phone for reference for you guys if you don't remember it. But it was the Kellogg's Cinnamon Mini Buns Cereal. Is that a box of of cereal in your pants? Are you just happy to see it? Yeah. Those things were dope, man. Yeah, Matt, you remember them? So, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, as a kid, like, those are the best. I wanted to come with a strong vintage choice that's not around anymore. And I couldn't come up with anything better and more nostalgic than the cinnamon mini buns from Kellogg's is my third choice. And solid pick. Hey, Kellogg's, bring them back. Come on, yeah. man. Where's that retro line at that would sell millions and millions of boxes of cereal? But don't wax them up like them cookie crisps. Yeah. Or them Twinkies. That. Don't do that. Don't wax them up like cookie crisps. Otherwise, Josh will pick them to consume. Uh, thinking that I want to have sex with the box of them or something. Don't slump. I'm pretty them. sure you do. Mm, you picked them. I didn't. I'll send the screenshots. <laughs> you don't have those screenshots. We agreed I'll, on that. <laughs> I'll Chinese masseuse this shit and send the screenshots like Brett Favre's mistress. <laughs> oh my goodness. Them are some tiny cookie crisps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cookie crisps. <laughs> So, like, so for my fourth pick, it's really tough. Um, And I really want to run down everything I'm thinking of um, because it's, it's, it's a real conundrum between like adult cereals, new cereals, old cereals, sugary cereals. I'm in the same boat. It's a really tough fourth pick. Like, there's so many good ones out there, but I'm not going to list them off. If one of you say them, I'll say, hey, I was thinking that. And you can call me a liar if you want. But I'm going with a more modern one. That just blew my socks off as an adult uh, for no reason other than it was bad for my health. And it's Oreo O's is my oh, yeah. choice. Sleeper. Yeah. Sleeper. So Oreo O's. I don't even I think, think about those. And I think they were here, they went away, and now they're back from what they I are. believe. Yeah, yeah probably Oreo waxy does crazy well. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But those, those Oreo, I mean, I love Oreo cookies. We'll get into that in a future Mount Rushmore. But <laughs> Oreo O's as a breakfast cereal was incredible. And uh, that's that's my that's my top four right there. Um, Solid top four. Yeah, that's, Matt, what, what's your next one? That's I'll be I'll be honest with you. I every cereal we've mentioned here thus far, aside from Cookie Crisp, I would love to have every morning. Uh, you know, knowing that Josh can have that for himself all by himself is fantastic um so i won't touch that so josh it's all yours See, he's, he's saying this about, but in a, uh, i think it was the last episode we or two episodes ago yeah we talked about that breakfast bracket and he fought mm-hmm. hard for cookie crisp then yeah. too listeners don't forget sir it's so here's what i want to say josh it's crazy 
how susceptible you are to me planting an idea in your mind. I constantly talk about it. So you think I yes, have my hooks in. For an entire and year and a half, it. he's been trying to fucking plan this one segment. Yeah. And you bit. You okay. bit on it. You okay. put it in your lineup. Okay. I didn't. Okay. I'm just saying. Mind fucked. Thank you. I get my own TV show saying mind fucker, Matt Anderson. <laughs> Matt, Matt Angel. Mind fuck. <laughs> so Josh is right. I do love Cookie Crisp, and I would have put it on my list, and I would have loved to have done that, but he did steal it. Um, but that's okay because it is a good cereal to me. I do enjoy it, and people who make fun of you for the things that you like are assholes. So Josh I never claimed that. to not be an asshole. Uh, so <laughs> I would say that when it comes down to a cereal that I really like, uh, and it does it does play into nostalgia. I love. My man's gonna come up with some kombucha shit. No, Count Chocula. <laughs> oh, fucking Chocula. <sighs> Not going to lie, that was in my, that was on yeah. my short list for my fourth day. Josh, just because I eat a salad every once in a while doesn't mean I'm <laughs> some fucking hipster, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, I eat a salad daily, but. Finish your statement. Well, I don't know where else you're going with that. I eat a salad, salad daily. I drive a car daily. Uh, Do you? I yeah. I, I don't need to be driven to work like you. So I don't uh, have to drive you... to work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh my yeah, God. With your so, to bring, no, no, so to bring it back for my fourth pick, I was definitely thinking in, cho- in the chocolatey realm of cereals. And Count Chocula was there, along with another one that I don't want to say in case it's Josh's last pick. But Oh, my, my I went is already set. I went Oreo. Uh, is it a chocolatey one? No. Okay. So it was between Count Chocula, Oreos, and Cocoa Puffs for me on the last one. So I'm really glad. I'm really glad Count Chocula is making an appearance yeah. on. Count Chocula is fantastic. Ones. I mean, it was all it hit all the cylinders for me as a kid. I loved horror movies as a kid. I loved cartoons as a kid. I mean, he was such an over the top character of a of a vampire. And who doesn't like chocolate? Who doesn't like cereal that turns your milk into? chocolate milk right so it hit all the, it hit everything from and marshmallows yes. and marshmallows and marshmallows yeah. and they tasted funky and that's i think that's another reason why i really liked it too because they didn't taste like marshmallows it tasted like something else i don't know what the hell it is but i you, loved them and you picked two marshmallow ones he did i did i do like i like a good marshmallow in my cereal if i'm not I trying to too. be healthy i did too. with cornflakes you did the position there <laughs> honestly honestly one of the only ones that you stole from me was like lucky charms would have been in my was in my rushmore and you stole that one yeah so you're good, welcome. Good job on your first round. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So to close it out, I was I was a little all over the board on this on this fourth pick, especially because I sacrificed one. But I was looking looking across. I I did have cocoa puffs in the running. That was one that I was thinking of. Um, the oops, all berries from Captain Crunch definitely made an appearance in my mind. That was in my running for sure. Too. Um, I mean, I also I liked. I like a nice Rice Krispies, just a plain Rice Krispies. But if you put them in the treat form, they were even better. Oh, I missed yeah. one. Yeah, Rice Krispie treat cereal. Oh, no. I that missed was one. really good. Oh, no. What an oversight. I fucked up. That's what, that's, what that cereal Holy did to your milk fuck. was ungodly. It turned yeah. it into sugar sludge, which it I It sounds drank. like that's going to be all of our, like, special mention. 
a whole like across the board. Point. We're all just going right. It was completely out of mentioned. my. It was completely yeah. out of my mind. Didn't even oh think about God. it. Didn't even yeah. think about it. But where I landed, I I'm going newer with this. And what really put that thought in my head, I know that what you when you pull the picture up, it's an older cereal, but this cereal plays off of another item that's actually been around for a while. And it's brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts cereal. Yeah. It's got a nice whole wheat outside with a nice little chewy like cinnamon brown sugar inside. It tastes like a pop tart. In the milk, yeah, I've had I've had that and the strawberry version of the it. The strawberry is really good too. Good, yeah, yeah, but I I good. prefer as even in terms of pop tarts, I prefer this brown sugar cinnamon one. I will say it's a good cereal, but you did yourself no favors by bringing up the Rice Krispie treat and then like down. And not I feel like that. it downgraded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a strong choice, but like when you brought up Rice Krispie treat cereal, and I was it was a that was a shocker. And that was like, oh my god! I can't believe I didn't think of it. I I want to like cut my tongue out for saying Oreos now, but uh, <laughs> well, Oreos. But, I mean, I, though, too. I mean, but the, the but the cinnamon pop tart cereal is a strong choice. It's a very good, a very good modern cereal. Like, you know. and it's not, it's not too kid ish, not too adult ish. Like, it kind of floats like right in the it middle that, there. And it's that nostalgia. Yeah. Man. yeah. It, you, the adults like it for the nostalgia purpose, and it is like a, just a small version of a pop tart. The kids like it because it's got enough sugar content behind it. It's got the sweetness that you want out of it, but it is actually somewhat healthier too. All right. Well, we are closed up on our picks then. Yeah. So now we got to go for the overall. And I, I think yeah. we all kind of decided. I mean, I handshake agree with that that the Rice Krispie treat cereal is the honorable mention across the yeah. board. Yeah. yeah, I'm down yeah. for that. Wonderful um, cereal. I would even go as far as to agree, because we, we normally do that the best four gets two picks in the final Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I would even go as far as to say we don't even need it that, this time. Well, no, I think we need it. We, that's how, that's how, right that's how the game goes, top. though. That's how the game goes, though. Like So we got to yeah. see. Um, I, don't, I don't really know who has the best. I mean – I will not vote for myself. That just seems conceited. And given that Josh picked Cookie Crisp, I have to pick Matt, even though he picked cornflakes. I almost I want to like pick myself. Flakes. I almost want to pick myself because cornflakes is solid, but it's kind of like a it's, it's kind safe. of like a middle of the road. It's safe. It's very safe. I admit. But that. I feel like I feel like a real jerk to pick myself. Uh, and that's I fair because we normally say we can't pick ourselves on this. So that's well, think, are we not allowed to pick say, ourselves? Well, are we I'll, not I'll allowed break, to pick ourselves? I'll break this for you. If I had to vote for a person, it would be Adam because I feel like Josh and I threw a pick at each other to rib each other. So, all right, Adam took it one hundred percent serious, and then Josh and I decided to shotgun the fuck out of each other during so, the segment. So, Adam, you win. So this is exactly where I wanted it to come down to <laughs> with my Cookie Crisp pick. Because only the second pick can go from any list. And I know for sure Adam isn't putting Cookie Crisp on that final mountain. Yeah. Which is fine. So, so my, my vote for the best list is going to be Adam. All yeah. right. I agree. I too. Yeah. Well, let's just – since – thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I did take this serious. I the Oreo <laughs> O's kind of – Kind of put me on there for you. 
I really, uh, I really appreciate that. I take a lot of pride in my breakfast cereal eating. But I say <laughs> for our final Mount Rushmore, since it went this way, let's just go in order. Uh, Josh, you pick your final, and then Matt, and then I'll pick two at the end here. Okay, sounds I'll, good. I'll run with that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no debate for me. It's Cinnamon Joe's Crunch all the way. That's number one in my heart, number one in my mind, and endorsed by Thug Rose herself. Number one in your heart, number one in your programs, folks. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Coming in I'm, strong. I'm glad you picked it or else I would have had to pick one off your mountain. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt? If Cookie Crisp, or if I didn't take the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I would have taken the Rice Krispie Treats. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maddie, sure. who you got? Uh, the, the one and the only uh, Count Chocula. I think it holds up. Ooh. I think it hits all the cylinders for adults and kids for nostalgia Swerve. and for sure content. Thought it was lucky charms. I thought it was going to be lucky charms. Lucky charms is a staple, man. If I'm going to sit here and talk about desert island cereal, I'd rather have a nice big bowl of Count Chocula on that desert island every morning. So Count Chocula, baby, vampires for life. So I'm not going to lie, uh, going into it, I thought I was definitely going to pick Reese Puffs as my final Mount Rushmore. I mean, it was my first pick. Um, but reeling back on this nostalgia, I'm going to have to go with the Cinnamon Mini Buns from Kellogg's. Oh, yeah, um, man. R.I.P., but uh, you're in my heart, you're in my soul. Um, so you're hitting my pick. And then for my overall last pick, uh, you're both right. It's going to be the Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Yeah. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was overlooked through the whole draft. Josh, thank you for bringing it up at the end. Um, sorry to Reese Puffs and Oreos because you guys would have been <laughs> fighting it up. But uh, Rice Krispie Treat cereal, yeah. Again, nostalgia. Don't think it's around anymore. Wish it no. was. No. Um, and I think I, those are both Kellogg cereals. Kellogg's, come on. Bring my childhood back. Um, so, yeah, that's the final. We're going to go with Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Count Chocula, uh, Cinnamon Mini Buns, and the Rice Krispie Treat Cereal. And I think that is a phenomenal sugary yes. breakfast, nutritious. Yeah, nothing, nothing really healthy about it. Part of your balanced breakfast, Mount Rushmore. But yeah. if you guys know us at all, we're all thick boys. So it, yeah. it kind of makes sense. And who the hell? I mean, we all came from very humble upbringings in Pennsylvania. Yes. Remember the commercials where it was always part of your balanced breakfast and yeah, you had a glass balanced. of milk and a glass of orange juice? What? And like a banana. And a ba- yeah. my, my house never had two drink options for breakfast. Sorry. I didn't even have a drink on the side. I just had the fucking cereal. Yeah. And I drank the you milk. You drank the like milk and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go as far as to say fruit. There was no fruit in my house. No. My mom was a single parent raising three assholes at the same time. There was no fruit. She fed us with sugar until we crashed and burned. And then she put on violent television to put bad thoughts into our brains so we wouldn't be mean to people because we knew what would happen to us. Yeah, it was fruit. There's no fucking fruit in my house. <laughs> the, only, the only fruit in your house is the peach schnapps. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. And there was never any of it left because my mom would chug it all. I was going to say those blueberries in the in the cupboard were, was his fruit, but but he was a chocolate man. <laughs> I was a chocolate man. Yeah, we were poor as shit, but we always had Count Chocula. Thank goodness. Thanks, mom. Appreciate you. That's why I'm <laughs> thick now. <laughs> but hey, man. So, yeah, guys. Thanks for uh, doing that Mount Rushmore with me. I it was a little little passion project of mine. I got real into it this week. 
long overdue i think it was it's always fun to go over the things that we like from all facets of our life uh, i was gonna say the one thing that i was gonna ask you guys you ever had a bowl of the good spoon like that cereal that's actually not that bad for you i don't even know what the hell that no is. i've i've heard it in um podcast ads yeah. but i haven't had it yet i've wanted to order it have you I tried the, it i got the sampler boxes there's three there's three you can get in a sample box sampler like little eight ounce boxes right. and uh they were all actually not bad i mean they're not like gonna knock your socks off but it's like two carbs per serving and the sugar's super low there's a good flavor to them um i wouldn't put it on my mount, mount rushmore but if people are like i can't take the sugar bomb that good spoon's actually pretty good i, I did so, i did enjoy them like from the ads and from the pictures i've seen of it it just seems like kicks with like different flavors on it that's a, that's exactly what is it that is. pretty much where it's at okay. yeah that's, that's what it like is some... you know what then that wouldn't be that bad i i like a good bowl of kicks every now and then so yeah, yeah I, like, I did like the out. peanut butter kicks those, those were real shit. Good. Yeah. Those were real good. So before we dive too far into nostalgia and make this a uh, a rewind uh rewatch <laughs> podcast. Let's just do a second rush more. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> just take it right back in. This is our B project. Rewind. So I want to know, guys, if you're ready to enter the news corner. Let's do it. Let's do it. So there is an article that's been making rounds on the internet uh where a woman was charged with a felony for not returning a VHS tape. Uh, she wasn't aware of this till 21 years after the videotape had been rented. So a woman from Texas, she doesn't remember renting a VHS tape 22 years ago, let alone that she didn't return it. And the place she rented it from shut its doors more than a decade ago. But the unreturned tape led to her being charged with a felony. Not only a felony of theft, felony embezzlement of rental property it is a tremendous felony charge that can stop somebody from obtaining employment which is something that ms mcbride said that she had worked two and three jobs at a time always being turned down from bigger jobs when she put in her application and completed interviews she didn't know that this was a this felony charge was in existence until finally someone said hey you have an active charge. You need to make this phone call. And when she did, she found out that she was on the hook because one tape of Sabrina, the teenage witch, had gone missing for over two decades. How would you guys like that? That you're getting a felony embezzlement charge because of Sabrina, the teenage witch. I mean, what a way to ruin your life over Melissa Joan Hart, right? Like, oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> I mean, ask fucking fifteen-year-old me. I might, I might think about ruining my life for <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, crazy because if that pops on a background check, they don't have to tell you. Like, whoever no. told her is a saint. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I don't even know how much detail you get in the back in a background check it might just said felony embezzlement that's it like not oh for an unreturned tape over a decade ago like so i i, I feel for the poor lady and i saw in a like a follow-up article that she's blaming a guy she was dating at the time for renting yes. it on her card and stuff so it possibly wasn't even her fault which yes. is even worse but uh yeah it's just it's nuts i don't know how long it has to be gone for it to become a felony but a felony oh, embezzlement. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the the angel of saving grace comes in the form of the beloved Department of Motor Vehicles because Ms. McBride tried to go and renew her license back on April 16th. Uh, she received a response from the DMV stating that, hey, uh, here's a case number. Here's a phone number. You got to take care of this. Uh, she was quoted to say, I called it and the lady who looked up the reference number and told me it was a felony embezzlement charge. I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, which I can agree with that. But looking further into this, this isn't the first instance of someone being charged with a felony for something of this nature. Uh, similarly, in 2014, a woman from South Carolina was at the sheriff's office for other matters when she found out she had a warrant for an unreturned 2005 tape of monster-in-law. <laughs> she had to spend the night in jail because her bond hearing couldn't be held until the next morning, and that's when she was released on a $2,000 cash bond. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely rather be accused of stealing Sabrina than monster-in-law. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not by a far stretch, but by enough. <laughs> Marginally, but it's yeah. it's enough to count. Yeah, it's enough yeah. to count. Uh, I, think I, I think if someone was like, hey, Sabrina, teenage witch, is going to be the reason why you go to jail, I'd be like, oh, well, at least TGIF finally caught up with me. Right. I mean, I, I made fun of the lineup when I was a kid, and it's only fair that Melissa Joan Hart takes a part of my life like I made fun of part of hers. So it's <laughs> just, we're even Stevens. Thanks a lot. Well, what so, hurts worse about that is Sabrina is now on, I think, Hulu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't even need you don't even need the tape anymore. Just yeah, stream it. You pay five ninety nine a month for limited commercials, and you can watch it all you want to. <laughs> pay a Verizon and get it for as part of your plan. There you go. I mean, not only that, but in two thousand five, when that poor lady watched Monster in Law, she probably pulled it out of the VCR and burnt it on her front lawn and didn't even realize that it was so bad. Yeah, that poor. I mean that. Uh, what a terrible thing that she should get two thousand dollars paid to her for watching the whole thing yeah i was ready to say that's cruel and unusual punishment i think they actually use monster in law uh during blackwater uh unethical torture of <laughs> insurgents uh so they'll go on actually, monster in law yeah yeah it's exactly it they just they waterboard him and have the soundtrack in the background and people just spill information it's ridiculous they everyone thought it was Metallica in the background, which is equally ear splitting, but no, it was Monster in Law. Just <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the Vatican has had a serious issue with its employees accepting gifts. I bet uh, they, did. They, they did. It got to the point where Pope Francis had to issue a law that forbid anybody that worked in the vatican from accepting any gifts over 48 dollars. now i'll be frankly honest with you i didn't read this whole article because i kind of think that the whole the title is of what it is like it, you can't take gifts over 48 dollars, which is a very specific number but i want to ask you guys real quick off the top of your heads what is the funniest thing you can give a vatican employee that they have to take if it's under 48 dollars? they have to take it all right adam so what about you I think like a really nice uh, Swedish black death metal album, uh, preferably on vinyl, because that'll be like over eighteen dollars. <laughs> so I think I think the Catholic Church could really like learn a little bit from some Swedish black death metal. Yeah, absolutely. again on vinyl over eighteen dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm thinking that for me, what I want to do is I want to go back to uh, something that makes it very difficult for you to accept my gift. So if you go to Spencer's, they actually have ping pong balls for a dollar. I'm going to buy 48 of them and I will throw them one at a time at the one Vatican employee that I choose. And I'll just keep throwing them they and they have to take it so i'm throwing them and they have to go collect all of them like click click, click, click. they're just 48 ping pong balls just all over the place and i'm like go chase them god boy (laughs) (laughs) it'll look really funny with them bending over chasing them in their robe too yeah (laughs) with those weird sandals yeah and their cool hats the hats are cool though the hats are really cool yeah (laughs) is this ghost are we watching ghost right now (laughs) So speaking of ghosts, oh. oh my god! With Dark Side of the Ring premiering soon on Vice season three, I found a funny little excerpt about Mr. Brian Pillman. Rest in peace, flying Brian Pillman, the loose cannon. Uh, so I found out through some pretty routine research that Brian Pillman was quote unquote fired by the WCW as a part of a, a wrestling storyline as kayfabe as everyone likes to say. Uh, Brian got very smart and said, hey, can you fax me a real release form to increase the realism? So he was going to use it as a prop during all the filming. Uh, since all the proper signatures were on it, he then used the document to escape his contract and wrestle in another promotion. So it goes a little deeper than that, because as you guys know, nothing that anyone says in wrestling can be true off the rip. So it has actually been written here. The reason why he left or he was ousted from WCW was that Pillman uh, outed Mr. Kevin Sullivan as a booker during the February 1996 uh, Super Brawl 6 pay-per-view uh in in a in a strap match uh, I respect you strap match it's almost like an I quit match um when Pillman lost to Sullivan he grabbed the microphone and said to Sullivan I respect you booker man which outed Sullivan as the guy who books all the matches which means he predicts all the outcomes um at that point the ever ever fallible dumbass Eric Bischoff in his biography said that he fired Pillman so he can go and develop his loose cannon gimmick in ECW, then return to WCW with more legitimate heat. Uh, Bischoff claimed that it was a plan and he and Pillman came up with it together and it would later backfire on Bischoff as Pillman did not return. Yeah. Um, I remember all of that. I mean, Pillman, some of Pillman's best promos, I think he was injured at the time when he went to ECW too. He was on the commentary team when he first came on. Yeah, but some of his best promo work was in those ECW things, gaining a character, um, coming out of that Hollywood blondes, flying Brian bullshit and becoming something a little more real. Um, And I did some research on this. And fun fact, so he went from ECW then to, since he was fired, uh, WWF at the time picked him up. And he was the first wrestler to get a guaranteed contract from WWF because WWF didn't want him doing the same thing to them and going back to WCW <laughs> for more money. So, little fun fact: uh, he broke a bunch of walls down. He was a he was an innovator, um, just by being kind of swarmy but very intelligent. Um, yeah, yeah. And he was the first guaranteed contract for WWF. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little fuzzy on Brian Pillman as as a whole. 
Um, this is the guy that was in the feud with Austin. Yes. And like the gunshots. The, and shit. Right, right. So they the were infamous, former. Yeah. Yeah, they were former tag partners in WCW. And then they like they brought that that to WWF without really mentioning it. So like the smart fans knew, okay. hey, they used to be partners. And they got into that hot feud. And yeah, it was the one where Austin broke into his house and he had the gun and then yeah. it cut the feed. And yeah, it was yeah. super contract. Yeah. I mean, they made great money together. And that was yes. kind of like the whole kickoff of the attitude era. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was right yeah. at the yeah, it was right at the beginning for sure. Yeah, we were watching PG style wrestling leading up to Brian Pillman really infiltrating and breaking fourth walls a lot too. I know that uh, Steve Austin is known as the the original boss beater because he beat the shit out of Vince McMahon at every every turn. But Brian Pillman really went against the grain at all times, which made him a hot commodity, but a hot potato too. Because right. bookers were like, can we trust him to follow through with what we said? Uh, promotions, were aside from WWF, were like, we can't keep him here. We don't know if he's going to stay. So... I say all that to say, you know, I can't wait to see what they do with Dark Side of the Rings. I think Brian Pillman's career uh, is fantastic. He was a genius. He knew how to reinvent himself, and he reinvented himself in very specific, concise ways uh, right. that made him uh, very relatable to people who were watching wrestling at the time. And he ebbed and flowed with what people wanted to see. So, uh, as people always say, that Steve Austin was the uh, true innovator of the attitude era i would like to contest that and say that brian pillman was the usher that led us all into the aisles of the attitude era to let steve austin conduct his play uh for the many years that he was a figure in the wwf and then the wwe um rest in peace brian pillman your son's doing a pretty good job in AEW, doing the hollywood blondes uh right now or varsity blondes i'm sorry it's uh, it's good to see he's carrying on your name and that the WWE did not stand in the way of him using your last name. So that's really cool, too. So kudos mm -hmm. WWE for one thing. Yeah. And I will uh, I will also thank him for ushering in a more realistic era of wrestling away from the cartoon characters we had in the new the quote unquote new gen era of WWF WWE. Um, and Sergeant just Slaughter didn't do it for you. No, no. <laughs> I was a big Doink fan. Yeah, I was going to say Doink first dumpster Drozzy didn't really do it for me. <laughs> Not Doink versus Dink. <laughs> but uh, just for everybody uh, to check it out, um, the Brian Pillman Part 1 episode will be on uh, will be airing May 6th on Vice. Um, and then it will be followed by Part 2 on May 8th, also on Vice. So uh, check them out. Uh, I think it'll be an hour each night, uh, two hours total. Maybe more. It might be an hour and a half each night. I'm not sure. Um, but it's a great docuseries for pro wrestling. Um, my wife even enjoys it. She's not into wrestling at all, but it's just a really good uh, take and a good docu-series on the, the carnival that is pro wrestling. Yeah. The, the business of pro wrestling is, is literally a drama that would be written for uh, primetime television. So when you get to peel back the curtain and see how some of these men and women were manipulated or how they manipulated the system to get where they needed to be i mean it's fantastic dark side of the ring does a great job vice does a great job um you know i i couldn't recommend this enough for people who aren't really even wrestling fans because it's just it's just really good writing and really good research um and you get to hear from some of the most recognizable figures in professional wrestling and um 
get to hear their stories and it's just it's fascinating yeah great interviewing great interviewing on that show yeah. and uh i'll even add in that if you miss it on vice on those two days dark side of the ring is actually airing on hulu oh nice so yeah. yes perfect and i know yeah. and i know uh, a bunch of the past season episodes are also available on youtube yeah. for free too so. yeah new jack yeah, many ways to catch it if you if you want to see it yeah check it out yeah tons of avenues check it out I, we highly recommend it uh new jack and the owen hart episodes are my favorite so i love those ones so uh leading into uh telling people what they should watch and listen to to having you guys ask us what we should tell you uh we have some emails questions and uh, then you know some comments so first and foremost i'm going to read an email here and, uh, and this one's actually a lot of fun so uh real quick i'm not from pittsburgh but my wife and i are coming to the berg for a week in the summer hopefully covid is calmed down by then and you can have this good time what are the breweries and restaurants we should not miss out on when we are in Pittsburgh? Uh, Adam, I think you went to a couple places today. Yeah, I, I did hit a few places today. Um, as far as beer and food combined, Cinderlands, uh, they have a couple locations around Pittsburgh. Look them up. There's one in Lawrenceville, one in the Strip, and one in Wexford. Um, great food, great beer. Um, that's a great one. Uh, local to me and a personal favorite is Alexion's Bar and Grill. Uh, if you're looking for a classy dive, I will call it, uh, set it at a bar, get a good sandwich, get uh, get some good craft beers that are state local and some craft beers nationally known. Um, if you're more exploring into the craft scene, that's a good place to go. Uh, as far as breweries in general that I love in the area, uh, Couch Brewing, Abjuration Brewing, uh, Intergroove Brewing, and oh, I don't know. Oh, so many. 11th hour. No, yeah. Hitchhiker. Insurrect, insurrection for food and beer as well. Yeah. Yeah. Insurrection is incredible. Say. And if you're a little south of the city, Mondays in Washington County, uh, hit them up. Great beer. They got good food surrounding that place, too. So, I mean, you can't go wrong. Uh, do a little research. The ratings don't lie. Um, we do not have many bad breweries. Yeah. It's uh, tough and to if find we did, one. I wouldn't mention it here, but uh, the, I, I don't really think there's one that you should avoid. Uh, go explore, find your own path. But uh, there's a little guide. And and when you hit these breweries, if you ask the workers there, the brewers there, uh, what else there is available, they'll they'll guide you in the right yeah. direction. They're they're all yeah. friends in Pittsburgh. So there's also ask a them. thing too, like if you're looking for something online to give yourself a little bit of guides, isn't there like a, that Laurel Highlands passport or something? Yeah, Laurel Highlands has a passport, and uh, me and my wife actually just picked one up for the city of pittsburgh has a passport yeah. that they just started a few weeks back um so those things are incredible i like i i know my wife and i followed the laura highlands one and we were able to get around some really cool places um and just to add on to adam uh the one place that i like to go to a ton uh for good food and good beer is voodoo i think voodoo has uh a bunch yeah. of spots all around the city too um their food is usually on point i've never had a bad bad meal there and those guys are legit when it comes to brews. I mean, I I usually have a, a four pack of something in my fridge. Uh, Good vibes is in my top five beers. I uh, love that place, or love that beer, and I love that place. Um, and selfishly, up around me, Connie Creek is is a great place to go for some more traditional style beers. And the smoked wings are just on point. I really love uh, Wing Wednesdays. Um, great place to go. So if you want to go outside of the city a little bit and find a little hole in the wall place, Connie Creek fits that uh, notch pretty pretty well. 
Yeah, and uh, as you were talking, I overlooked too because I don't get downtown too much. But uh, especially if you're catching a game down by the stadiums, four one two. Oh brewing, yeah, and uh, four points just opened up their location this weekend down there. So, four points, is uh, awesome, and they're uh, a block from each other. So please yeah. go check them both out. They're both uh, really good local up and coming breweries with great beer and good food trucks. So um, t- check them out too. Yeah. Oh, this this question was actually kind of enlightening for me because i only moved back to pittsburgh a few months ago and before i left i wasn't even old enough to drink the craft beer scene wasn't really popping so i mean i i really can't add much i mean outside of the breweries that you guys named i'm still trying to check 90 percent of them out yeah, yeah but i mean if you want like i will always endorse going to the original permanis downtown not necessarily because of the food, but just the story and like the history of the atmosphere. Yeah, too, the, the yeah. atmosphere, the history of it. Like, and it's not bad. I will say the hype around it might not meet your expectations if you talk to somebody from Pittsburgh, but it's a solid sandwich. You get everything you want on it. And it's it's kind of like a part of history of Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's the staple of Pittsburgh. It's yeah. it's renowned in our in our area, and they franchise a bit, so they are in other states. But correct, you... I I wouldn't I wouldn't go to another one if if no. you're coming to Pittsburgh and you want somewhere to get a get a quick sandwich, go to the original one down in the Strip. And I will tell you right now, word of advice: when you get the sandwich, do not try to say you want it another way than how it comes because that does not go well the soup nazi shit is legitimate when it comes to (laughs) that sandwich shop and there's a reason why because that those sandwiches as they're created are fantastic read the menu know what you want and know that that sandwich is coming the way that it says on the damn menu (laughs) i mean off the bat i'm gonna recommend a capicola with a fried egg yeah oh yeah that's that's the strong choice there a hop between that and the pastrami quite often. Yep. Uh, I, I am a huge fan of whenever they have the hot sausage back on, I like to put that on there. Yep. That's yep. one of my one of my favorite go-tos. And the turkey turkey sandwich with a fried egg. That's that's another favorite of mine. Amen, amen. The uh the only other place that I was gonna recommend was that pierogi bar in Pittsburgh called Stuffed. Oh yeah. But Great place. As as you guys were talking about this, I Googled it. Google says it's permanently closed. Oh, oh no. Right? Yeah. And I mean pierogies are like a staple of yeah. Pittsburgh itself with Polish Hill. Another another great option because yeah, you can go to any grocery store and pick up some Mrs. T's and they do the trick, but there's nothing like like a homemade pierogi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They seek them right. out somewhere else. We'll have to find another yeah. place. Yeah, I'm sure they're somewhere around here. Go knock you know on what? some doors in Polish Hill. I'm sure somebody's oh, yeah. them up. You just knock on the door like pierogies in the house, and they're like, "You want a dozen? Do you want two dozen? Yeah. <laughs> make it five, and don't look, don't make <laughs> eye contact with me." That's right. So, uh, a real quick question from somebody was, uh, "We want merch. What's a comment? We want merch. Fix it." Um, I can tell you right now, if you want to see merch from this podcast, I have a truckload of stuff coming to the wrestling event we are we are doing uh the bruise and bruises festival uh i have a ton of stuff that i'm i'm bringing to that so if you want merch and you want to get your hands on it first i'm not revealing what it is until we get down there 
And then I have another surprise that I'm going to unveil here in a couple of episodes for merch that hopefully people get excited about. Um, because much like anything else, when we, when we put something out, the best way to support what we do and help us be better is to help us out by buying merch. When you buy merch, it puts money in our pockets so we can get better stuff and we can bring better content to you. So keep your eyes peeled on all of our social medias and come see us at Bruise and Bruises Festival and get your hands on some of the stuff that I'm bringing. Um, if you want it, it's going to be there. So hit that bash brew table. Yeah, hit that bash brew table, baby. We got all kinds of gear. <laughs> it's going to be that, that mashup, baby. Also, too, if you guys want merch, don't just say you want merch. Tell me what kind of merch you want. If it's something that you, you're you itching to have, if it's something beyond T-shirts, then let me know. Because I would love to, if it's something fun that I've never thought of before, I'd love to see if I can piece it together. So let us know. If you want something fun, I'll try to get it going. So a question here for all of us, and I think this is, this is a very uh, proper question for us, especially since we are... 10 episodes in and killing the game everyone's looking up on top of the mountain where we are and we are trying not to piss down it so what podcast do you listen to for inspiration for what you do or just in general um i mean are we going like comedic or like life inspiration i think it could be anything because i i because because off the rip i'll say like lot last podcast uh, on the left is a podcast i like a lot because i just yeah. like it's comedic but it's also inspiring like life-wise because i just they are a grinding crew that started from nothing and now they built the lpn the last podcast network they 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 are their own bosses despite the fact they're spotify exclusive but they're still their own bosses so yeah yeah i will say um for local ones i'd say the daily sip and uh hot nation usa uh both of them are slightly more interview based than we are um but very inspirational on just where you can go with a local podcast um and hot nation does a lot of fun games and a lot of fun segments on their end and dennis does a really good job interviewing uh his folks he has on from breweries and beer related uh other businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs it's inspired it's truly inspiring to listen to some of the guests he has on on a national level i would go with brian sickler uh out of out of california out of tom segura's podcast kind of honeydew baby yeah the honeydew um he's a great interviewer a great personality um and just the really one of the best he he came into podcasting like it seemed out of nowhere yeah. Uh, but just turned into one of the greatest interviewers that there are. And to go hand in hand with that, Tom Segura doing his Tom talks. Um, he has some really inspirational guests on and it's yeah. kind of eye opening. Um, so those are, I mean, a handful of choices I have. Oh yeah. Josh? So there's, re- there's really like three that I've really been getting into recently. Um, I'll peruse, like I'll, I'll listen to an episode here an episode there of some, but, but the ones that I really like follow and go back through and like go episode one, episode so on and so forth. Um, Barstool has one that they do called Call Her Daddy. Oh, yeah. And it's it's two girls that are out there just killing it in the game. Um, and then 
One that I just found recently is called In Bed with Nick and Megan. So it's Nick Offerman and his wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I have that. heard about yeah. that. They've, they've got quite a few episodes out. I think they started at the end of 2019. And it's just a laid back, like, speak from the heart kind of podcast. And both of them are comedians by trade. So it's pretty funny. Um, and then one, so I do a lot of like watching things on YouTube at night. And one of the channels that I really follow is Good Mythical Morning. They yeah. ended up doing, letting their like kitchen staff do a podcast. And it's called A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. And they do a lot of the kind of stuff. Like I get a lot of inspiration on segments that we talk about from stuff that he does. Like he does food versus food kind of deal. And then we've been tossing around other segments that I've pulled from Good Mythical Morning, something like, hey, this is a cool concept. We can take the idea of it and kind of revamp it to fit us and what we do. But a hot dog is a sandwich is a good one to to listen to, too. I like I like uh, I, I definitely enjoyed Nick Offerman. I think he's uniquely hilarious. He has that yeah. sense of humor that's that delivers at different levels. I really, it's really so enjoy dry, what he does. But it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's dry, but it has a ton of substance to it. It's really funny. Um, as for me, I like the weekly recap. That's one I've been getting into a lot lately. Um, really good banter. Um, they're not afraid to say what they want, which is really cool. Um, they have no problem saying what they do and do not like, and it's not they'll say like i don't like this they'll say i don't like it because of a b c and d and they'll go in depth about things i like that a lot um i gotta concur with uh with adam i love ryan sickler uh i think he's the best interviewer uh i'm amazed that nobody like a major you know distributor like espn or something hasn't looked at him to be a sideline person i mean he's he's legitimately one of the best interviewers i've listened to they never do yeah they they would ruin him they'll they'll neuter him yeah they would ruin him um i would say the one that the one the one uh show that i can't not listen to on a weekly basis is bad friends from uh bobby lee and andrew santino it's it's such a crazy mashup of styles because bobby lee's been in the comedy game for decades and andrew santino still like he's been in it for a minute but he he's not as well seasoned as bobby lee and to hear them go back and forth and the way they can improv with each other and i mean it's it's fantastic it's it's just great comedy i love it a lot but if i had to say like a serious one there's a there's a podcast listen to called uh black girl gone i think i mentioned it before in other podcasts we've done here they're based out of philadelphia and it's it's true crime podcasting, but they uh, go over like missing women of color and they kind of crack open the cold case and go through details. It's awesome. I mean, it's, it's important work. Number one, because it's not something that you often hear about people of color being abducted and cold cases aren't being cracked open, but just the level of study and research they do uh, amazes me because it's a weekly podcast. And it is delivered with significant amounts of information to where I'm actually, I, I've been reaching out to them to just see like, how do you guys actually find the time? Is this your full-time job? And they're, 
they didn't keep me guessing. They're like, maybe a winky face, <laughs> <laughs> but great job, girl, a black girl gone podcast. You guys kick ass over there. Um, so, but also too, we're open suggestions. If you guys listen to something and you find it to be inspiring or you think it's funny as hell, we need to listen to it. Uh, just like everything else, you can throw it to us in our email, decayingwtb at gmail.com, or you can find us on all social medias at decayingwtb on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let us know, and I love listening to new stuff. I'm what they call a quote-unquote super listener, where I have like 15 different episodes lined up throughout the week, and I'll pick and choose which ones I listen to. Um, so, But speaking of picking and choosing and things that you need to have in your life, uh, Adam Bashline continues to bring you the best brews in the Berg. So Adam, can you please tell the people who are listening what's on tap? Yeah. I'm big shakeup this week. Uh, it's not going to sound like your typical lineup. Uh, we have Jojinator, the 9.3 double IPA premiering in the tap room, uh, this week, uh, on tap number two, we have nothing. It'll be a, Hoppy Pilsner, once everybody gets back from the draft and stops being an asshole. On tap number three, we have the Mom Jeans Mimosa Ale. It'll be available this Sunday. Get it for the mommies you love for Mother's Day. Oh, it's yeah. a week ahead. You got a week to plan. I'll be here handing it out. Uh, let me know if you want some. Hit them socials okay. and DM with me. brand new art. With brand new art from brand new the art first coming. Lady of Brews. Yeah, the labels are ordered. They're on their way. And uh, on the fourth spot, we got the Drunken Donut, uh, Jelly Donut IPA. Your mom will probably like those too, so get some of those while you're getting the mom jeans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, I mean, we got, we got some crazy stuff coming up out of the brew lab. Uh, starting next week, we'll be brewing again. Uh, I think we're going to come up with a heavy hitter IPA on the next one, so yeah. stay tuned. So, again, we thank you guys for listening to us. If you want to find out what Adam is doing here down in the brew lab, you can follow him at, at bash underscore brew on all social media. You can also follow him on untapped. Please do not forget to check out the socials to see what we are throwing up on the kegs at any given goddamn time. And also, if you want to see what's going on with us here in the podcast, we are decaying WTB on all social media. That includes Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we are always open to your emails comments and questions at our email uh, decayingwtv at gmail.com so from the jojitorium from the from the boys until next time cheers thank you matt cheers, cheers everybody guys.